What's up, ladies and gentlemen? The Slicer's back on the air. How do you like that for an introduction? Oh, yeah. Let's start, let's start doing this. Let's get underway. Heck, yeah. Let's start turning the sound down. Let's start transitioning. And here we go. Yeah. Happy Thursday morning. The midway point of August. Got a couple more weeks until we hit Labor Day weekend. Really pumped up for that. That's the big New York weekend. Um, really, really excited about Al and I going up there to uh, New York. We've been pumped up for that trip. Nice way to end the summer as we transition into the fall and get ready for football season. I'm pretty uh, fired up about football. I've talked about that the last couple episodes. And uh, I'm going to be talking about that today, actually. Going to do a little fun uh, football stuff today. Going to go through each division. I'm actually going to be talking about my favorite. I have my favorite team, which is the Green Bay Packers. For those of you who don't know, who should know. Green Bay Packers, green and yellow. Ride them all the way. Got to support the local Detroit Lions. I was born in Detroit. My mom loves the Lions. My dad was a Lions fan. And then Wayne Fonts took over for too long, let's just say back in the early 90s. And it got to a point where they just basically ruined Barry Sanders' career. And uh, my dad just ended up uh, transitioning over to the Green Bay Packers because at the time he did a lot of work with the Green Bay Packers. And so now he's at a point where He's neutral slash cheering for my mom because the Lions just haven't really, unfortunately, mom, this is reality. Unfortunately, the Lions have not been relevant for quite some time. But now they're, you know, there's there's some belief that they're turning the corner. This could be the year. When I say the year, not the year that they're going to go off and win the Super Bowl, but anything's possible, right? It's possible, boys. It's absolutely possible. Just how the Cleveland Browns all of a sudden are becoming this playoff team on paper. Yes, people are talking about the Cleveland Browns as being a threat, potential threat of the AFC, and obviously, furthermore, in threat to threaten the AFC North division. That is something that's actually really realistic. So the point is, you never know what can happen. Sports are unpredictable in general, especially with certain leagues. Now with football, that would be really nuts. But with the Lions, again, they're turning the corner. The Cleveland Browns are now here. They have arrived. Now they just have to go out and show it. But the Lions, again, I'll leave it here with the Detroit Lions, have not been relevant for a while. So that's why my dad actually cheers and supports them for my mom because she's been a diehard loyal fan, even when they haven't really been a winning franchise. But at a certain point, when you least expect it, the Lions are going to be a playoff team. And they will be a threat, maybe like the Cleveland Browns will be this year. But I'm going to break down each division, and I'm going to pick. Some people are going to criticize, not not criticize, some people are going to bust my chops, break my balls, and they're going to say, basically tease me because I'm going to, you know, root for a certain team in each division. I think it's kind of fun to have your favorite team, but then kind of pick your favorite team in each division, and then. Again, stay tuned. We'll talk about that later. But I want to actually now talk about 
last weekend, I want to talk to you guys about, I had a church weekend, let's just call it as it is. We had Allie's brother and his wife, Christy, Ty and Christy, visiting last weekend, which was a lot of fun. They got in around 9 o'clock, we went to New Holland Brewery, had some pickled pizza, always good beer at New Holland, and then Saturday we hung out, relaxed in the pool, walked around, had went to Little Africa, never had that kind of food in my entire life, very good, a lot of good spices to say the least, I was pretty impressed, I felt I felt satisfied, and yet I, w I didn't feel full at the same time. So that's always a win. But after that, the next 24 hours, basically, I went to back-to-back -back churches. I don't think I've ever done that in my life, to be honest. Went to a mass at 4.30 on a Saturday mass slash Catholic service. And then to turn it around, a little over 12 hours later, went to our Trinity Lutheran Church that Allie and I go to to show Ty and Christy our church experience, our service, our church. And then we went to theirs. We went to their, we didn't go to their Catholic church, obviously, because they were visiting, but we went to a Catholic church because that's what um, Ty and Christy like to go to. So it was really a good experience. And it's always, you know, interesting to see the differences between each church denomination, the presentation of it, the service, more importantly, I mean that's that's just that's just the more the appropriate term. The see the service differences in the two, and just the, just the overall perception between certain denominations over another. And I had never done that again. I, I mean, I went to two churches. Less, I went to two church services. First time I've ever done that in my thirty years. Um, less than twenty-four hours, a little over twelve hours, two services. And I want to talk to you guys about that actually. A little different this episode. But I think it was I had some funny experiences. The church one of the churches actually went through an experience. Um but I'll start off with the Catholic Church. We went there at four thirty. This will be pretty quick. We went there at around the church service was at four thirty. We were again had went to Little Africa, had a good meal, walked around, showed them the older part of East Grand Rapids. And then we and then we basically just walked ourselves into a four thirty mass downtown Grand Rapids. It's considered the most popular Catholic church in the Grand Rapids uh, area. Went to that. I don't know, don't know the name of it offhand, but people will know about it. So we went in. Again, I'll keep it pretty brief. What I will say, though, about even though I'm not Catholic by trade, a lot of my friends growing up were Catholic. It seems like most people that I know in general are Catholic. Beautiful church when you walk in. Actually, Al and I went to this church once before just to figure out a church we wanted to, that we felt like we wanted to go to on a regular basis, that we felt like that we fit in the best. And we, we didn't end up going there officially. We just went through that one time, and now we're back again for a second time with Ty and Christy. And it's, it was always it was good to be back there because, again, the thing about Catholic churches that I will say that sets them apart to me, my unbiased opinion, again, being a Lutheran by trade, but... At the end of the day, I'm a Christian, and I'm not here to preach about religion. I know that can get kind of political or whatever the right word would be, conflicting. And really, at the end of the day, practice what you want to practice. Whatever's important to you, whatever you believe in, you do you, and I'll do me. How does that sound?
Can you have it? All right. All right. Went to the Catholic church. Beautiful inside. Absolutely spectacular. Love it always. It was good to go back there. High, high ceilings. Beautiful stained glass windows. That's the thing that I actually always look at in a church is the, you know, the glass windows, stained glass windows. And you see the works of art of Jesus on certain, you know, certain uh, glass windows. And just it always tells a picture, a story um, during that time. And I always really, really enjoy looking at those. I'm in awe. I'm always in awe when I look at those. I get caught in the moment. Caught in the moment. Remember we talk about Goodwill Hunting Bench? You get caught in the moment, captured by the moment. You get your breath gets taken away by what you see. And then just sitting down during service and then looking straight ahead up front where the Father is actually giving his message and then beyond him in the background you see just the, the beautiful artwork of the church up at the podium or the the um oh I don't know what the right word would be but you get what I'm you, you can catch my drift right you, you know what I'm talking about the pew is that right the pew pew dis just kidding that's not really appropriate can't really say that you know what I mean I don't really mean it beautiful background pew where the father sits giving his message you sit down and you're just you're just taken away by a beautiful Catholic church and that's really the way I want to sum up uh, my experience. I it's very similar, more similar to a Lutheran service than I think. Uh, you know, it's, it, and, and actually, furthermore, I was talking to uh, Alex Brother Ty about this that when we talk about Christianity and when we talk about the breakoffs of denominations, that again, somebody like Ty, Alex Brother, or somebody much more experienced or who is um, an expert under religion and that topic can explain a lot better than I can. But to keep it simple, Catholicism was the the start of Christianity or the first denomination under Christianity, the Catholic faith. And then later in the 15, 1600s, supposedly, uh, people had deba- debates or went against the Catholic faith, and had some other ideas, and one of the first denominations that ever broke off, or first denomination under the Christian faith, besides Catholicism, was Lutheran, and then, so that was the the first one, um, and then followed by that, you have your Methodist, Presbyterians, and anyway, Lutheran is considered the closest, they say the closest denomination, most similar to Catholicism, the Catholic Church. But yeah, I got a good lesson. Ty, I actually learned that last weekend from, you know, from Alex Brother Ty. So thank you, Ty. I appreciate it. So we sat up there, good church service. And then we moved on. We ended up going to Stella's that evening. Had a good, had a great burger. Uh, it was good, like a really good, it was like not a cheeseburger, but similar to a cheeseburger, the um, I forgot what it was called now. Chorizo burger. That was really that was really really good. Go to Stella's, by the way. One of my favorite, probably my favorite restaurant in downtown Grand Rapids. You can't go wrong. They got over a hundred. Uh, actually, not over a hundred. They have two hundred whiskeys to cho- to choose from, and they've got old school '90s 
throwback TV shows. Could be a Nickelodeon show, like a Rock on Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Do, 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 do. And then you've got shows like The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yep, I'm telling you, they got they got all the nineties stuff going on at Stella's. But they got Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, they got Rocco's Modern Life. They've got some other crazy shows like a Ren and, Ren and Stimpy. They've got that show on in the background too. Check it out. Furthermore, it's a it's a dark um, bar when you go in, but there's some cool lighting in the background as well. You go in there. It's got that hippie vibe, but also, you know, new millennial trend. It's a cool spot. They've got like whiskey soup. You know, how they have that on their signs. We have whiskey soup. Whatever that means. I don't know if it's actually whiskey, whiskey, but they've got whiskey soup. Went there. It was awesome. Ty and Christy loved it. We're being good hosts. They're having a good time. And then we ended up, uh, I think after that, we ended up back. Yeah, we actually tailed off, and then we just ended up walking uh, down Grand Rapids a little bit uh, further more. Then ended up back at the apartment, hung out, watched a flick, got up the next day. And then here's here's what I want to dive into. We get up, we go to a church, we go to the Lutheran church that Allie and I go to. And this is one of those things where we really wanted to impress Ty and Christy about the church we you know go to. We this we were we were walking in thinking that this is this is what you this is what we see on every given on any given Sunday. This is what we expect to see. But what we expected to see was the unexpected. And here's why. We, we sit down, everything seems good, but just as we're taking our seats, take a seat. We notice that the church looks a little bit lighter, you know, it's summer hours, you know, Sunday service, during the summer, you can expect that people are away on their vacations, you know, it can happen, not a full audience, okay, alright, no big deal, it is what it is, but that was a sign of more things to come. We're sitting down and getting ready to sing our, our first couple songs. And then we, we noticed that Allie and I are noticing, looking at each other that, okay, our pastor, our normal pastor's not there. We find out after a couple songs that the his right-hand man, his right-hand pastor, uh, who's normally there, has been seems to be running the show more oftentimes than I think. And in the uh, the messages, he he you know he basically lets the um, the congregation know that our normal pastor is out in Montana having a family reunion. So good for him. Hey, even pastors got to take a fam a family vacation. You know they got to they can't be they can't be preaching. They can't be taking every Sunday, you know, doing their thing. They got to have a vacation too, right? You know we can always we can always be spiritual and not have to always be at church. So our pastor was in Montana. We were a little bit selfishly disappointed because we really wanted to show Ty and Christy, here's our guy. Here's the man that gives great messages that we really um, are in awe by. And he's a jolly man. Let's just call it all it is. He's a jolly, he's the jolly ollie man. Hey, Arnold. Okay, I had to reference that. He's, a jo- he's the jolly man, the pastor we love. It was that out in Montana on a family reunion. Reunion. We didn't get to see him. We were a little haunted, but hey, you know what? His right hand pastor does a pretty good job. We'll take it. 
usually gives a good message. But then, that's number two. White crowd, the pastor's not there. And then, the other thing we noticed, we were looking through the, you know, the brochure, if that's what I want to call it, going through kind of bullet point by bullet point of what's to be expected in the Sunday service. And then we see, or we look to see where the message, where, where are we going to expect to see the message being delivered throughout the, uh, the service. And Alan and I are thumbing through during a song, and we're kind of like, what? Is there a message? Is there, is there, do we not have a message today? And while this is going on in the background, we see kids actually... You know, you know, open your Bible to Proverbs three five. I actually know that verse, but point is, you know, you open the Bible, read a passage, and they're and they're going through it with us. And these 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 kids that are that are leading this, they've got a different kid going up there on the podium. And normally, you see an elderly person giving, you know, reading a passage to the congregation. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now. We've got a light crowd. We've got a, not our normal pastor. And then we've got kids going up there, which is great. Give them some exposure, public, you know, fear of public presentation. You know, going up there and, you know, just reading, reading a passage, kudos. But that's not the norm. So, like, we're, Allie and I are noticing a trend, and then I'm, we're starting to get a little bit on the edge of our seats. And I'm, I'm, we're hoping, oh, my gosh. Like, the point is, the point, you know, you don't want to, like, you got to remember that when you go to church, you're not there to, to, to have what you want. You're there just to serve the Lord and be thankful. And that's, you know, you, you're getting away from the principles of why you're really there. But, but you know, you, you're proud of the church and you're proud of what the service is. And things are just not happening the way we want it to. Kids are up there giving passages. And then, furthermore, after the list of things I mentioned, we now go to the offering. Okay? And then leading up to the offering, um, around that same time frame, the minister, the pastor, finally gives a message. I'm like, okay, we're going to get a message. I kid you not. What we're the most exciting thing to me about the church service is is a message. And then we we end up getting literally a five minute spark note, a five minute quick spiel. It's not even a spiel. Like basically, he goes up, get does his thing, dun 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 dun, dun and. There's a message, boom, start to finish, just like that, the message is over. Uh, I'm like, uh, did I miss something? Did we just teleport past the message, now to the offering, and then take communion? I'm looking at my watch, and like, I didn't even see the the, the, the thumb move. I mean, it's, it's just like that was the shortest message in history. So the wheels are off, and I'm starting to get really, really, like, feeling really, really almost self-conscious because I really wanted to impress Ty and Christy of the church we go to because we really, really love our church. And this is not the church we go to every Sunday. Just things are just not happening at all. Um, the exact opposite. And I'm getting a little bit, you know, nervous laughs because what I mean by that is the next thing that happens is all of a sudden we get this this clarinet Gosh, I feel embarrassed to not know my instruments. Clearly, I never took an instrument growing up. I took a recording. I had a recorder back in fourth or fifth grade, but that's where it ends. I I think I, I think it was a clarinet that went up, and somebody was playing the clarinet, and all of a sudden they were going, and I just started uncomfortably started laughing, and Allie and I were, and then we just started just profusely laughing, 
um, kind of like under our breath, and just our bodies are shaking, laughing because we can't stop because this is just this is just not the way things are going. So I I, I kind of tell Ty during the service, which is not appropriate, and I said, Ty, I'm so sorry. This is not the normal service. So. I felt awful because I was like, Jeff, don't dis- don't disgrace the service, and and I just and then but then when the the clarinet person's going up there, you know, playing away, and then Allie just starts laughing again, and I'm laughing. Ha! Huh, so you know what? It is what it is, right? So we go up to take communion, and here we are, 20 minutes into the show. I hope you're still listening. You know, I hope I didn't you know walk anybody away from the show. New, no, come back, come back, come back. Stick with me. Maybe you are with me. I believe in you. We're now taking communion, going up there, and clearly this it is what it is. This service, it just it, stuff like this can happen. You move on. You're still you're still at church. You're still serving the Lord. You're still being thankful for what you have. You're asking for for help, or you're you're praying for things to happen to get better. Ask for forgiveness. Okay, that's why we're all there, right? So we're going up there to take communion. I'm behind Allie. There's you know again lack of the lack of help for the pastor he doesn't have his normal people there normal pastor the normal folks helping out with passages and offerings these are all kids it's like what is this so we go up there there's kids holding up there the kids are actually literally uh, doing the body of christ the blood of christ shed for you uh they're holding the the, the cup with the wine they're holding the, the plate with the bread and like okay this is this is the way it's gonna be okay icing on the cake we get up there i'm right behind Allie. she goes takes communion, takes the body, takes the blood, and then I go, and all of a sudden, there's no bread on the plate. I am literally just, I'm kind of uncomfortable. I'm sitting there, it was like the longest seconds pause in history, and the girl who's literally bread empty-handed, she just, just, is just sitting there stunned like a deer in a headlight, just, just, in, just absolutely scared to death. I could see it in her eyes, and also do I do I not take the body? Do I not get the bread? Am I going to go just back to my seat? The pastor catches it, um, and he just quickly just grabs a big loaf of bread on the table behind uh, behind him, and then just rips it out, and then puts a lo- new loaf for the girl to then come to me and say, the body of Christ given for you. All right. Then I go to the next girl, and then the blood of Christ shed for you. And then I get my communion. I go back to my seat. So, as you can tell, this was just not the normal church service that Allie and I would be accustomed to going to. At the end of the day, you just got to realize these things happen. Ty and Christy, they leveled with us, and they just saw that we were feeling bad. And obviously, I made a point to talk about it during the church service. It was, again, not appropriate. So, I apologize. I apologize to God that, you know... You just don't do that. You just got to appreciate for being there. Thankful for what you have. And I am. So they saw our church. Not the normal demonstration, representation of what how Al and I go to church. But we leave the church. We serve the Lord. We're on our way out. And then we end up uh, having a, you know, but an hour or two left with Christy and Ty. We went to our Sparrows Coffee Shop, one of our favorite coffee shops in Grand Rapids. It's like, in, it's like on the Wealthy Street area, the older part of Grand Rapids. And then we end up going to uh, this, this uh, beer cellar to pick up different crafts of beer. Really, it was kind of a to-go, six-pack to-go take-home for Ty and Christy while they go back to Bowling Green, Ohio. 
back to where they're at. And that was really the, to me, what stood out about that weekend, um, my experience with going to church. It's like I went to two church services, and one was not the church we normally go to, went to a mass and did back-to-back church services. I mean, before you know it, I'm going to be qualified to be a bishop. You know, what? I'm Bishop Jeff, you know, it's just like, it's like I've, it's like this and that, I'm a bishop before you know it. So there you go. So I was, just wanted to talk about that. It's actually 25 minutes now into the show, so we've only got about five minutes left, so we're going to have to probably do a quick little football talk before we cut you guys loose for the rest of the day on Thursday, and then uh, we'll talk about football more next week, because football's a long season. So I'm going to quickly end this show, last five minutes of the show, going through each conference, and then try to do this segment, these last five minutes, and break it down quickly for the time I have left. So let's start out for the American Football Conference, the AFC East. We've got the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, New York Jets. Who's my favorite team in that division that I'm going to cheer for? Depending on the year, I'm going to go, my team, I'm going to root for the New York Jets. Let's go with the New York Jets. Unless the Buffalo Bills circle the wagons. Okay, let's move on. That's debatable. New York Jets. AFC North, Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon and cheer for the Cleveland Browns. That is the coolest story, a Cinderella possible story. Baker Mayfield leading the way in his second year with the with the Cleveland Browns at the quarterback position. Former Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma. He's good. I want to see those guys win that AFC North and get in the playoffs. How cool would that be? I don't think they've been in the playoffs since like 2002. Don't quote me on that, but it's been a while. AFC South, Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars. AFC South is now become a good division. It's no longer a weak sauce, weakest division in arguably football at one point, not too long ago. Every team is really worthy to be a possible playoff contender. I, My favorite team, as far as the t- these, these are teams, again, that I'm cheering for. Not my fi- favorite to win, but my, my favorite team for each division year to year changes. But for the AFC South, I'm going to be a fan of this year. Let's go with the Tennessee Titans. I, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Titans on that. I like Andrew Locke for the Indianapolis Colts. I hope he does well. That's going to be tough, but I think I'm going to cheer for the Titans. Let's go Titans. AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs, Oakland Raiders, the Denver Broncos, Los Angeles Chargers. Go Oakland Raiders, John Gruden, Chucky. Uh, despite Antonio Brown's drama that he brings to the team and, and already the um, the media, media, you know, the media has now gone to the Oakland Raiders, gone to Antonio Brown, and that's all it's been so far, all on Antonio Brown. But go, you know what, go Oakland Raiders. Let's move over to the NF, the National Football Conference. we got about two and a half left in the show. NFC East, New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington Redskins. Go New York Football Giants. Go Eli Manning. This guy is an old fart. Does he got one solid year left, one year, one good year left? Because right now people think that they should give it up to David Jones. I believe it's David Jones, the quarterback out of Duke. I know that much. I can't remember his name to be the new starter. But go Eli Manning. Go New York Giants. I'm going to skip over because my favorite division is is the NFC North. We'll do that last. NFC South, um, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons. I'm not even sure looking at this offhand. Those are all really good potential teams minus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's the Jameis Winston can't live up to the hype as a number one overall pick a few years ago. I think I'm actually, who am I going to pick? I'm going to be a fan of, who am I going to be a fan of in that division? 
you know, New Orleans Saints, it's kind of typical, but I got I love Drew Brees. How can you not like Drew Brees? Part of me wants to cheer for the Panthers a little bit. Um, kind of rooting for Cam Newton. I can't believe I'm saying that because I used to just hate on him. So I'm not actually take that back. I'm I don't I don't not ready to say I'm a fan of cheering for for Newton, but I hope he has a turnaround year. He's had had some tough stuff happen last year. NFC West, San Francisco 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams. <sighs> Go Arizona Cardinals. Go Arizona Cardinals. They had they were on the worst. They had the worst record in the NFL draft last year. I'm interested to see what Kyle Kyle Murray does in his first uh, full year. I believe it's Kyle Murray, the uh, the quarterback out of Oklahoma. And then, last but not least, to save the best division for last, the NFC North. Guys, you know it. Green Bay Packers. That's my favorite team. So obviously, I'm hoping that they win it every year. They are my favorite team. That is really my only team in the NFL. I just wanted to go through each division, talk about my my the team that I would like to. I'd like to cheer for in each perspective division. Wanted to talk about more and almost do like a little playoff tree and then pick each of those teams in the division. And if they were to match up, who would I cheer for that next? Obviously, the Packers would be the team at the end. But we got a 10 seconds left. Thanks for listening to the show. You guys, ladies and gentlemen, have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Live it up. Slicer out.